Welcome to Commanding Influence Global with Pastor Yo Emmanuel, the lead pastor. Are you ready to be empowered and strengthen your faith work? Fasten your seatbelt as we journey together. The boosters of faith. The boosters of faith. Up to the month of faith, up to the month of April, we've been looking at the subject of faith. And by the help of the Holy Ghost this morning, I will be showing us four boosters of faith. You know, when God created man in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, the Bible says that God breathed his breath of life into the nostrils of man, and man became a living soul. However, a code of conduct was given to man, and God told man to live and abide by that code of conduct. And at any time man falls from that code of conduct, the implication is that that breath of life that God breathed into the nostrils of man will be taken away from him, and man shall surely die. And the time came that man fell out of that code, and the breath of life was taken away from man. And so even though man was walking physically in the Garden of Eden, in the realm of God, man was dead. Hallelujah. Amen. However, by the price that Jesus paid, God had to introduce another economy that transmits life into every believer. God had to introduce another system, another agency that conveys life to every believer. And so in Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, the Bible says that the believer of today no longer functions by exigent. The life of the believer is no longer powered by the breath of the nostrils. The life of the believer is no longer powered by a sound organ, but the life of the believer is his faith. And so the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Simply mean that your faith is your life. Faith is the life of every believer. Without faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please God. Faith is the life of every believer. So your life does not function because you have good organs in your body. Your life functions because of your faith. Are we together in church? And in Luke chapter 22 and verse 31, Jesus speaking to Peter, he said, Simon, Simon, the devil seeks for you to sift you as wheat. He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. Because if your faith fails, it is worse than kidney failure. If your faith fails, it is worse than liver failure. He said, I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. Because as long as your faith is intact, no matter what may be going on around you, no matter what men may do, no matter what circumstances and situations may come to bring your life, you will be like Mount Zion that cannot be moved. And so the life of every believer is his faith. A believer without faith is a dead believer. Your life is your faith, and your faith is your life. Therefore, if faith is the life of every believer, it therefore means that faith is beyond believing God for things. Faith is beyond trusting God for a car. Faith is beyond trusting God for a house. Faith is beyond trusting God for a miracle job. If the faith of a believer 
believer is his life, then faith is beyond trusting God for things. Faith is simply bringing your life and yourself under the government of the word of God. Hallelujah. Are we together? Faith is bringing your life under the government of the word of God. That you come to a point where the word of God becomes law to you. The word of God becomes like a law to you. That is what the Bible calls faith. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus speaking to the devil. He told the devil that when man was fabricated and coupled in the studios of eternity, as touching survival and existence, man does not live by bread. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of Elohim. Simply meaning that what powers the life of a believer is every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, which is faith. Because remember, faith comes by the word of God. Hallelujah. Faith comes by the word of God. And Jesus speaking, he says the life of the believer is anchored by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of So faith is simply allowing the word of God to regulate your life. That you come to a point in your life where the word of God is the only thing that regulates your life. It's the word of God that has the highest and the strongest influence over your decisions and over your actions. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And so you must understand that for you to maximize your faith life in this Christian kingdom, for you to maximize your faith life in the kingdom, you must understand certain things that energize your faith. You must understand certain things that power your faith. You must understand certain things that activate your faith. And one of such things that boosts your faith, that boosts the faith of every believer, is revelation of God's word. Remember, we are looking at the boosters of faith. The first booster of faith this morning we are looking at is the revelation of God's word. Without revelation, sir, your faith will be impotent. Without revelation, your faith will be as good as dead. Remember Paul speaking, he says, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works, for faith without work is dead. So it is possible for you to have faith, but it is dead. So what gives life to your faith is revelation. Revelation of God's word is what sets your faith on fire, such that no matter what is going on around you, it does not move you. Hallelujah. The revelation of God's word. Revelation is like a strong wine. It gets you high in your faith level. It makes you believe the unbelievable. It makes you dare the undeniable. It makes you speak the unspeakable. The apostles they say that we cannot but speak of the things which we have heard, which we have seen, and which our hands have handled out of the good word of life. But what brings you to that point is revelation. Revelation is what powers the faith of every believer. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22, hear this up. Without revelation, faith is a risk. Without revelation of God's word, faith is a risk. But the moment revelation comes, faith no longer becomes a risk. Faith becomes an assurance. 
It is revelation that lets faith and assurance. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22, the Bible says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. In full assurance. What makes your faith and assurance is your revelation of God's word. What makes your faith and assurance is the revelation that you fetch out of the word of God. Revelation is simply God opening your eyes to see and to understand the secrets that are embedded in the pages of scripture. Somebody following this morning. Are you following this morning? Revelation is God opening your eyes to see and to understand the secrets that are embedded in the pages of the word of God. Yes, this book is a book of secrets and mysteries. Scattered over this book are mysteries and secrets. And it will take your eyes being open in order for you to see the secrets that are hidden in this world. Remember in Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 2, the Bible says that it is the glory of God to conceal the thing. Everything written in this book is concealed. But revelation is what opens your eye to see the hidden mysteries inside the word of God. The word of God is sealed and coded. The word of God is sealed and coded. But revelation is what unlocks the seal in the word of God. Revelation is what unlocks the seal. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 14. You can hear the word of God but at the same time, faith may not be better in you. Remember, it is possible for a thousand people to listen to the same message. But at the end of the message, you find out that only a few people's faith are stayed up. Why? Because you can hear, yet at the same time, you are not hearing. You can see, yet at the same time, you are not seeing. That's why Matthew chapter 13 and verse 14, the Bible says that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by Esaias the prophet, saying, hearing they will hear, but they will not understand. And seeing they will see, but will not perceive. They will hear, but will not understand. So revelation is God opening your eyes to understand the secrets and the mysteries that are hidden in God's world. In Luke chapter 24, and verse 45, the Bible speaking concerning Jesus. He said, They opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. They opened he their understanding. They've been reading it casually. They've been hearing the word casually. But until understanding came, their faith was not fired up. But the moment Jesus opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures, the same Peter that was so timid that he had to deny Jesus in the face of the little girl, that same Peter had the boldness, the faith to confront the people in their synagogues. My prayer for us this morning is that God's word will come our way and our eyes will be open to behold it. I thought I would hear a louder amen. amen. And so when you are reading the word of God, when you are listening to the word of God, don't just read the word of God with your physical eyes. There is another eye that is meant to be used to read the word of God. It is called the eyes of your understanding. Hallelujah. It is called the eyes of your understanding. That's the eyes you are supposed to use to read the word of God. It is the eyes of your understanding that sees the substance of things worked for. It is your eyes of understanding that see the evidence of things 
is saying. And the moment you get to that level, your faith becomes unshakable. Your faith becomes unmovable. You become like Mount Zion, that nothing can move you. And here, this can I tell you something? Every believer that is barren of revelation, faith will become a burden to such a believer. Every believer that is barren of revelation, every believer that is dry of revelation, faith, the work of faith, will become a burden to such a believer. That's why today you have so many people that are waiting for the pastor to call them and encourage them to come to church. Do you know why? Because they don't have revelation of what is in God's presence. Another word for revelation simply means an encounter. Remember the Bible says that Jesus appeared to Samuel and Shiloh by the word of the Lord. When you have an, an encounter is what we call revelation. So many people they are waiting. If the pastor does not call them, they are not coming to church. Hallelujah. Because they don't, I say, until you have revelation, faith will become a burden. It will become a burden to you. Until you have revelation, the works of faith will become a burden to you. Until you have revelation of God's word, the journey of faith will become a burden to you. And so David, speaking in Psalm 65 and verse 4, just in case somebody is still struggling in his faith walk, just in case you've not had enough revelation that can keep you down in the presence of God. Then he showed up in Psalm 65 and verse 4. He said, blessed is the man. Not the one that has a car. He said, blessed is the man. Not the one that has position and titles amongst men. Because David was not speaking from a realm where men are relevant because of the kind of cars they drive. David was speaking from a realm where your relevance is tied to where you are standing before God. And so he said, blessed is the man whom God chooses. Blessed is the man whom God causes to approach unto him. He says, such a man will dwell in the courts of God. So it is on the strength of that revelation that going to the house of God was no longer a burden to David. And the point came in Psalms 84 and verse 10. He said, a day, a day in the house of the Lord is better than a thousand years. A day in the house of the Lord is better than a thousand. And he said, for me to be a doorkeeper, it is better for me to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to be the chairman of occasion in the tent of wickedness. Why? Because revelation had come. Revelation had come. Until revelation comes, faith will be a burden. Until re Remember, faith <laughs> is the life of the believer. And that life is simply bringing yourself under the government of the word of God. And remember the Bible says that every word that proceeds from God's mouth is not a yoke, is not a burden. He said the scriptures are not too heavy for us to bear. But until revelation comes, it will become a burden for you to work the word of the work of faith. Hallelujah. And so revelation either comes. By you meditating on the word of God or you listening to anointed teachers. Revelation can come 
by you listening to anointed teachers or you meditating on the word of God. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible says that this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate day and night. That the word meditates day does not simply mean for you to think. The word meditates day simply means for you to mutter. You keep speaking it. He said, thou shalt meditate. You keep muttering the word day and night. That is how you can bet revelation. By meditating on the word of God. And it tells us how frequent we should do it. It says day and night. Then revelation can spring forth and your faith will come alive. Revelation can speak forth and your faith will come alive. So you keep speaking the word. You keep muttering the word. While you are lying on your bed, you are muttering the word. He has said that he will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. You keep muttering it. Even when your account is showing minus, you keep muttering he will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. And all of a sudden, your faith is fired up. Shout hallelujah. So is it that you are meditating or you are listening to anointed teachers? When you are meditating on the word of God, what you are simply doing is that you are beholding what God has said concerning you in the mirror of the word of God. It's not only the mirror in your room that we should be looking at. There's another mirror that is called the perfect law of liberty. That's the one you behold. The moment you begin to behold, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, he says, but we are. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, he says, but we are. We unveil faces, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. He says, the more you keep beholding, the more you are being changed into the same image. And all of a sudden, ah, your faith will be on fire. The second booster of faith, but before we go to the second booster of faith, I said, Revelation comes by either meditating or by listening to anointed teachers. In Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15, the Bible says, I will give unto you pastors after my heart. Their job is to feed you with knowledge and understanding. And remember, Revelation is simply understanding the secrets that are embedded in the pages of Scripture. That's why when Jesus was speaking to the multitudes, he spoke to them in parables. When he came to the disciples, he said, come to you. It is given to know the secrets. It is given to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. And one of such ways you understand the word of God is by paying attention to anointed teachers. And so the Bible says that he will give unto you pastors. Their job is to feed you with knowledge and understanding. In Acts chapter 8, verse 27 to 38. Acts chapter 8, verse 27 to 38. The, the Ethiopian union, he was reading the book of Isaiah. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord took Philip to join him in the chariot. While he was reading, he was not understanding what was being said. But the moment Philip came, he asked him, do you understand what you are reading? The man said, how can I understand? He said that the man should explain to me. And the moment Philip began to open up his understanding, ah, he said, is this what is for me in the word of God? And all of a sudden, he said to Philip, ah, this is water. This is me. What is stopping me from being baptized? Why? Because understanding had come, but understanding came only when he connected to the ministry of anointed teachers. Hear this up. If you are reading the word of God casually, if you are reading the word of God without 
understanding. The only thing you are doing is that you are interacting with letters. And the Bible says letters kill it. He said the letter kill it. But the revelation is what gives life. Revelation is what gives faith to every believer. The second booster of faith, quickly, is love for God. Your love for God. The first booster of faith, I said, is revelation of God's word. The second booster is your love for God. So here it is. The absence of your love for God, absence of love for God, will make faith a burden. Absence of love for God will choke your faith. Because this work of faith is not easy. This work of faith is not always rosy all the time. But your love for God is what will keep you grounded in faith at all times. Your love for God is what will make your faith stable. Faith, love is a spiritual stabilizer that stabilizes the faith of every believer at all times. Even in the midst of the storm, love will stabilize your faith. Such that whether things are working or things are not working, it does not matter. Your faith is intact. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. The Bible says that faith can only work by love. Faith can only, which means the life of faith is love. Faith can only work by love. Because there is something that is greater and there is something that is higher than faith in the realm of God. It is called love. So you don't want your faith to choke. <laughs> Make sure your love for God is intact. In Romans chapter 4, verse 18, the Bible says concerning Abraham, that Abraham against hope, he believed in hope. Against hope, meaning in a dead, in a dead situation, the Bible says he considered not his body now dead, nor the deadness of Sarah. So the womb of Sarah was too dead to conceive a child. But the Bible says concerning Abraham, even in that situation, he still believed in hope. Why? Because it was not about what he wanted to guess. It was not about the promise. It was about the one that gave the promise. Your love for God will make you take your eyes and your focus off the things that you are looking for. It will make you take your eyes and your focus off the things that you are struggling to gain and fix your gaze upon Jesus. The Bible says they looked up to him and they were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. They looked up to him and their faces were lighted and they were not ashamed. Here is are without love for God. Your faith will not stand the test of time. Without love for God, your faith will not stand the test of time. When trials come, what will keep you going in your work of faith is your love for God. Love is... Mm. Love simply means coming to God not because of what you want to get from Him, but because of who He is. Love is coming to God. Remember the Bible says in Hebrews, Chapter 11 and verse 6. The Bible says that without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must first of all believe that God is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, not of them that diligently seek things. If you come to God seeking for things, your faith will fail. But when you come to God seeking for God, your faith will become intact. And so God is not a rewarder of them that diligently seek things. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Do you know why? Because the reward He wants to give to you is not material things. The reward He wants to give to you is Himself. He is the reward. Just in 
Because we think that the reward he's talking about is material possessions. The reward he wants to give to you is himself. He is your reward. And so in Genesis, Genesis chapter 15 and verse 11, God speaking to Abraham, he said, I am your reward. I am your exceeding great reward. I am your exceeding great reward. So a point comes in your life where you are no longer seeking for bread and wine. You are no longer coming to church because all you need is a miracle. You are no longer coming to church because all you need is a job. You are coming to church because of who he is. And the moment you get to that level, he says he will give you a reward. And that reward is himself. Shout hallelujah. And so Jesus, <laughs> speaking to the multitudes in John chapter 6 and verse 26, Jesus speaking to the multitudes, he said, you are not coming to me because you love me. You are simply coming to me because I multiplied bread in the wilderness. You are coming to me because I multiplied bread in the wilderness. And he told them that what I want to give to you is not bread. What I want to give to you is me. I want to give you myself because I am the bread of life. So don't come to me seeking for bread. Don't come to me seeking for wine. Come to me seeking for me. When you have me, all things will gravitate towards your direction. Shout hallelujah. And so we said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, that don't seek for things. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. If your faith must stand the test of time, he says seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these things and others are seeking for will be added unto you. That you will be like the three Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. The Bible says concerning Shedjah, Meshach, and Abednego, it was their love for God that made their faith stand the test of time, even in the face of danger. Say, oh Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Let it be made known to you that our God is able to deliver us. But if for any reason best not to live, Deliver us, we will still not bow because there is a level greater than faith, it is called love. So we will still not bow. Why? This man had grown in his love for God. My prayer for every one of us this morning is that your love for God will come alive. I said, Your love for God will come alive. No, you, you, you don't love God because you decide to love God. You love God because the Holy Ghost empowers you to love God. He said the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. By the Holy Ghost, not by your decision. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Quickly, number three, booster of faith is patience. Number three, booster of faith is patience. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. The Bible says, for ye have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, you might obtain the promise. You have me. It is true that the word of God has gone forth in your direction. It is true that God's servant has prophesied over you. But you have need of patience for you to obtain that word. For that word to become flesh in your life. Do you know why? Because the word of God is like a seed. You don't plant a grain of corn today. And tomorrow you go digging it to check if it's growing. You require patience. And so it says you have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, you will obtain the promise. And the Bible shows us how the patriarchs of old obtained the promise. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12, he says, Be ye followers of them. Who through faith and patience? Who through faith and patience? Who through faith? If you don't have patience, you... Sir, a man without patience will be so easy to be deceived 
by the devil. If you don't have patience, the devil will easily deceive you and let you feel like this thing is not working, sir. It is working. It is working. Just maintain your patience. It is working. It says through faith and patience. Through faith and patience, they obtain the promise. Through faith and patience, they obtain the promise. Do you know what patience is? Patience. God someone opened my eye to a dangerous mystery yesterday. And he said, patience is, if it does not work today, it will work tomorrow. If it does not work tomorrow, it will work next tomorrow. If it does not work next tomorrow, it will work upper tomorrow. If it does not work upper, it will work the upper, upper tomorrow. That is patience. Do you know why? Because Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 4, the Bible says that there is hope for everyone that is joined to the living. For a living God is better than a dead lion. As long as you are living, your case is not closed. As long as you are living, your case is not closed. You have need of patience. As long as there is breath in your nostrils, your, your faith will be intact. And so God speaking in John chapter 14 and verse 14, he says, all the days of my appointed time, all the days of my appointed time, you lie wait until my change of story comes. As long as I am living, I will keep waiting. As long as I am living, I will keep maintaining my patience. I am sure that one day my change will come. But there is patience is not just waiting. Patience is maintaining the right attitude while you are waiting. You are not waiting and grumbling, not waiting and murmuring, not waiting and complaining, not waiting and saying, waiting with this like oh, No, patience is not just waiting. Patience is maintaining the right attitude while you are waiting. And that brings us to the last booster of faith. For your faith to be boosted, you need a joyful heart and a thankful heart. You need a joyful heart and a thankful heart. Let me start. Patience is not only waiting. Patience is maintaining the right attitude while you are waiting. And so the Bible speaking concerning Abraham. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 20, he said, Abraham staggered more than the promises of God through unbelief. But this man was strong in faith. And how did he exercise his faith? He said he was giving glory. He was giving glory. What boosts your faith is a joyful heart and a thankful heart. What boosts your faith is a joyful heart and a thankful heart. He said, Abraham, he started not at the promise. The promise came that he would become a father of many generations. For one year, he did not come to pass. Abraham staggered not. Two years, Abraham staggered not. Five years, he staggered not. Ten years, he staggered not. Twenty years, he staggered not. Twenty-five years, he staggered not. But he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He was strong in faith. And the Bible says concerning Jesus, he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Good for the joy. Remember what boosts your faith is joy, a joyful heart. Because without joy, you cannot fetch anything from the presence of God. He says, with joy will you draw out of the wells of salvation. With joy shall you draw waters out of the wells of salvation. And so the Bible says concerning Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the one that founded this thing that is called faith. He said, look for the joy that was set before him. What joy? For the joy of sitting at the right hand of the throne of the Father and watching millions of souls getting saved through the pain of the cross he had to endure. He said, this man, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. Joy is what gives you stamina to walk the race, to run the race of faith. But here is a Faith is the life 
of every believer. But you are a believer. There is no faith credited to you. The whole Christianity is summarized as the faith. <laughs> That's why yes, the prayer will say, we say, Lord, cause them to be established in their faith. The whole Christianity, what we call Christianity, is summarized in one word. It is called the faith. It said, and priests were obedient to the faith. So what gives you faith? Huh, is that you are a part of the kingdom of God. All heads bow.